0: We've been looking at the parables And like we've talked about every week The word parable comes from the Greek word parabola And this parabola is this cool thing That we all had to learn in geometry And we miss so much um, But uh, with a parabola And it's parabolic curve it, all, of, all parabolas have this thing in common That they have a central focus That's why your dish network TVs Are parabolic in shape um, the, uh, the little guy on the side of NFL well, he's got that funny-looking clear thing with a microphone in the middle of it. He's, you know, listening to all the grunts and all the, the poetry that's being spoken out on the NFL field. And uh, they're, they've got that, and they're gathering that in. It focuses it to that mic. And uh, they are... Uh, um, this parabolic has this central focus But the other cool thing is par- a Parabola also just The it, it sides of it just keep going on and on and on And has these these sides that it just gets Closer and closer and closer to And I just love that it's just so representative That we can just keep growing and growing And growing in Christ We never Arrive, we can go forward tomorrow just like we went forward today. So with these parables We want to make sure that we we look at the central focus We don't want to get so caught up on the extraneous stuff that we miss the central focus and uh, Today with us being with us being Father's Day Then to me the the best parable for Father's Day is the parable of of the good father Which some people know as the parable of the prodigal son, but I, I really believe it's misnamed Um, I really believe it is a parable about the father and when we look at uh, Luke chapter 15 verses 11 through 32 And again, this is 20 something verses and I'm not going to read you with them all all through We'll be hitting different ones But I'm just we're just going to go through in case for some reason you're not familiar with the parable of the prodigal son And basically it starts out. and It says there was this man that had two sons. There's this daddy And in his house his youngest son decided he was done he was done living with dad he said dad. I want my stuff. I want my inheritance And I'm gonna go out he goes out takes his stuff and as the as process he just begins to squander it He goes out begins to party and uh, I'm sure he had good intentions of investing it at some point But that was always tomorrow today was a party day every day till one day. He had nothing and then he ends up with nothing, ends up trying to get hired on as a as a farmhand, gets his job as a farmhand, good solid dignity work, good solid work. Then there ends up being a drought. And everybody everything's pinched. Nobody's making any money. It's tight. And so he's not really making any money. He's not getting anywhere with this thing. And finally he's having to slop the hogs. And things are so tight, he's the hogs, just to keep the hogs alive, they're eating better. Then he's getting to eat. He starts coveting the pig's food. He starts wishing he could eat it. But obviously, things were so he dare not dare take a handful of pig slop and push it in his own mouth, or he's gonna lose his job or something. I mean, he just, he could only wish for it. He couldn't actually, you know, put his head in the trough and get some himself. And then finally, he comes to himself and says, Ah, what's going on here? This is crazy. I'm coveting pig food. Back home, I remember the 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 servants at my daddy's house, and they had enough food to get fat on. Bible says they had a food to spare. Man, they could have they could have added a little extra chub on them with the way the servants got taken care of. His servant, his daddy took care of those that served. Him. It wasn't just enough. He was he was an abundant provider. So he decides, I'm going home. This is crazy. I'm going to go home, and I'm just I'm being, a, I'm being a farmhand here. I'll go be a farmhand for Dad, and he pays way better, and that's all I want. I just want to be a farmhand. Goes back home, make, gets this whole speech ready. He's going to apologize. Dad, I'm sorry. Please just make me a servant. If you just make me a servant, I'll be so happy. I'll be, life will be so much better that way than the life I've made for myself. Rehearsing his speech. He's coming along, walks up the road. And his daddy says, "Sees him a long way off." And his daddy runs to him, and he starts trying to get his speech out. And he doesn't even get his whole speech. We get to see the whole speech he rehearses. Doesn't even get the whole speech. And his daddy stops him and says, "Bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger. Get him looking like a son again. Stick some feet, stick some sandals on his feet, and bring him in." And he is so excited slaughter the fatty calf we are throwing a party my boy is back this is this is exciting well remember there's another son another son that never went anywhere another son that stayed home his old rascal brother comes rolling in and is getting a party and he doesn't see it the way daddy sees it he doesn't see the homecoming the way daddy saw the homecoming and he gets pretty ticked off he's never had the fatty calf He never says he he never even had a goat from his little kid goat to barbecue And he gets upset and and he hears what's going on he hears from afar And he asks one of the other servants and he says what's all this noise? What's this stuff going on? And they said man your brother is back and your dad is so excited and he's throwing a party And he ain't even he ain't even cool enough just to celebrate because his dad is celebrating You know he ought to just be just just because daddy's happy i'll be happy You know, even if I think it's wrong, but he
1: couldn't even go that far, and he stayed out pouting, and Dad comes out and says to him, what's going on? He says, hey, hey, Dad, this just isn't right. Look, I've been slaving for you all these years, and you never even gave me this goat to barbecue and have have time with my friends. And here, this son of yours, who's been squandering all this wealth with prostitutes and all that, now, maybe he did—we don't know. All we say is wild living. I would say prostitutes and wild living can go under the same umbrella. And uh, but all we hear is wild living. This, this other son—he may have been kind of making some stuff up. He may have been embellishing it. We don't know. But boy, he immediately goes to that. Come on in. And uh immediately goes to the to that deal and, and the father tell him, "Hold up, wait just a minute everything, everything that I have is yours. everything that I have is yours. Your brother, who was once dead, is now alive again. That's why we're celebrating that's why we're doing this, and at this point we see that this 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 father. This father is incredible he had two sons and both of them were lost Both of them were lost one was lost in a far country. The other was lost right under his nose Well, As we look at this this is the story of a father there was a man who had two sons The parable there was two parables right before this in Luke chapter 15. We have the parable um, We have the parable of the lost sheep and that story is about the shepherd it's not so much about the sheep, it's about the shepherd. Then we have the parable of the lost coins, and that parable is about the woman. She went and found her coins. She got excited. She invited her friends to celebrate with her that she found her tenth coin. Well, this parable is about the father. This isn't about the son. We, I, I know why we call it the story of the prodigal son because we identify with the prodigal son and guess what we tend to try to make everything about us (laughs) so as we're going through we see oh this is a story about me the prodigal son oh this is a story about an awesome awesome dad now what's interesting about this story is that for a long time period before jesus tells this in luke chapter 15 there was it was a common uh, uh, rabbi story that they used that was used that was very similar to this except the story had a differing in- ending the story that was commonly used by the rabbis had a father who had two sons and the younger son went and squandered all of his share of the wealth and he decided to come home and that's where the similarities end because in the original story the the son is rejected he comes home and the father says nope nope you've ruined the family name you've wasted it that was yours and it was a story the rabbis used to really intimidate those that were their teachers to not fall away you know there's not going to be this place of repentance so as jesus is opening his mouth to tell this story all these people are like i know this story i you gonna pull out this story nobody likes the story you know, this is a condemnation story. Nobody likes this story, and so as he's pulling this story out, everybody's immediate thinks they know exactly where Jesus is going, and then whoop! Wait a second. The Father accepted him. The Father ran to him. This is this is a new twist. This is a brand new story. And as we look at this story, we see that with the Father, like any good father. He did some. He did some really awesome things. And the first one was that he gave his sons room to choose. He gave his sons room to choose. May I tell you what? As a daddy of five, that is the scariest part of being a father. That is the scariest part. You know, trying to figure out how you're going to put a food—I mean, a food in their belly and a roof over their head—that's intimidating. You got to do that, but you know what? You can figure out how to do that. But letting them, giving them the reins, knowing that there's going to come a point where they—you got to give them the freedom to choose—and you just so want to choose for them. You just so want to. But we—we we can't. Daddy gave his sons room to choose see his blessing had no strings attached when they at, when their father his son asked for it he didn't say what are you going to do with it how are you going to invest this you know i've spent my whole life building this up and you just want it right now and you're just going to go you know no 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 you're going to live under my roof you're going to you do this and this and that well he said i don't want to live under your roof and i want your stuff <laughs> i want what's due me and it was his inheritance that was what he was going to give and so it's, you could either divide it then or divide it later now at that point there was, only, there was only two sons and the way everything went is the oldest son got two shares so to figure out the inheritance with their two sons you add in a third share so there's, then you divide it up into three pieces so you look at everything daddy has divide it into thirds and oldest son gets two of those thirds and youngest son gets one so as he's looking he's busting his honey he's working for daddy, maybe thinking man, I could have done a better job with this I'm really just making my brother wealthy you know I'm gonna take what's mine I can do a better job than this, please get me out of this deal give me what's mine i, I can I'm a better investor I'm a better this I'm a better that I'm gonna go use this on my own if father gives it to him, he lets him have it. And there was no, there were no strings attached at all. See, love without a choice is no love at all. You know, they're one of the greatest gifts you have as as a married person is to wake up and see them still there. I wake up every morning and there she is. There's my wife, and she could not be there. She could choose to be somewhere else. She could just. She could just leave. But there's that love has chosen, chooses every day to stay. Love without a choice is no love at all. And God gives us a choice. He created us to love him. And we have the room to choose. When I was a kid, we uh, uh, got a, a little Lassa Apso dog. And uh, he was a bull-headed dog pain of a dog. And uh anyways his name was Bogey. Well my baby sister decided that she wanted the dog to be named something else. She decided she wanted the dog to be named Muffin. And I thought that was cuter. And so Heather decided she was going to start calling it calling him Muffin. Well she would go to the refrigerator and get some ham. And get down and go, come here, muffin, come here, muffin, with the ham. And of course, Bogey, he's gonna come get the ham. And so then she called us all in and says, "Look, look, he he's changed his name. He he comes to muffin. His name is muffin. We gotta call him muffin. Look, here, muffin. and She had the little ham. And of course, the dog comes. In, look, he comes to muffin. No, Heather, he's not coming to muffin. He's coming to ham." He doesn't care what you're calling your little cute words, your little cute stuff, your little oh come on, I want to pay. It has nothing to do with it. That's not what's drawing him in. It's the ham. You take the ham away, and he just stubborn old bogey again. And see the thing is God doesn't do that with us. All of the, the God has, has set up a, a system of blessing. God has, has put us in this this universe and has created these laws that create blessing. But God does not use them as deals to to lure us. You know, as you read through the Proverbs and you read through the Old Testament, you'll see these different places to where it says, if you do this, then this wonderful thing takes place. And if we don't understand the heart of our Papa God, we will think he's using that as a manipulative tool. If you do this, then I will bless you no 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 you have to understand we are we are this is the architect of the universe giving us the instructions to how to interact with it that is all it is is no more than me telling my children if you touch that stove it's going to burn you i didn't all of a sudden see them touch the stove and the oops we got to sear their hand real quick no that's the that is the outcome of that you know that's why it's you know a lot of times you can scratch your head and look at somebody who's just living a completely away from God lifestyle, but they're having some of the blessings of God in their life. What what God had laid out. You know what the, the Bible says that if you are a good steward over your finances, then you will be given much. And then say if you're a Christian good steward. And then say if you have a covenant with God and you are a good steward. And say if you go to church and you are a good steward. it says if you are faithful over little you will be given much there are people who are man they're just all sorts of living away from god don't have a relationship with god but they are good with their money they're good stewards and sure enough what god said is true you are faithful over little and you're given much it's the same way and just like and then on the other end of it you can't say well i go to church all the time i do all this i pray all the time but i'm not going to be a good steward and i still want to be blessed in my finances no that's not the way god set it up to work no god does not lure us with blessings God has set the universe up and told us how it works. He said we He's created us choosers. He says, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Now choose life. We're choosers. We're free moral agents. And he, gave, he gives us the cheat codes and says, This is where it's at. Go get the blessing. He says, This is it. Walk it, walk this way, do this, and that's where it's at. It's, it's not we're not earning his love. It's not okay, you played by my rules. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna dole out a little ham there, bogey. You know, you 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 play but no, it's not it at all. It's God has laid this world out in this way. And that is the and as we as we honor him and recognize that he is the creator of it all, we say, God knows better than I do. So I'm gonna do what he says. He says it works this way, that's the way I'm gonna do it. That is a place of faith, of honoring him. It's a place of humility. Matthew five forty five says He causes His Son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends His rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Deuteronomy thirty nineteen, we already talked about that he has set before us life and death, blessing and cursing. We have to choose life. See, sadly, one of the sons took the blessing and wasted it. And the other didn't take the blessing and wasted it. He was sitting here. He kept waiting. He, For some reason, he kept waiting for Daddy to just throw a goat on him. Say, here, have a barbecue. I love you so much. When really the goats were his the whole time. Says, Everything I've got is yours. If you want a barbecue, have one. What are you doing you know you don't you didn't have he didn't have to wait the first son understood that he had a right to some of those things that they were his but then wasted it the second son never saw he didn't recognize daddy as this giver and wasted it you know what i tell you what i don't want to get up to heaven and god go why did you not take advantage of all that i provided for you God, I just thought if you want me to have it, you'd drop it on me. That's what that was the second son's attitude. If you wanted me to have a goat, you'd have given it to me. No, everything that I have is yours. Go get a goat. Have a barbecue. Do it. It's yours. You're a son. Live like one. You're one of the owners. Everything that I have is yours. You can't get any more all inclusive than that everything that i have he gives us room to choose we have to be willing to give our our children room to choose recently i was going through a process with my oldest son and we're wanting to see them methodically on purpose mature into adults because guess what people don't become mature adults just naturally (laughs) sadly a bunch of middle-aged people who aren't mature are plenty of evidence that just the time clock ticking doesn't make you mature you have to mature on purpose and uh, so we're trying to mature our kids and there my oldest son he did a whole lot of things but we, he came to a decision that i presented before him that he was going to have to live out if he embraced that he was going to have to live it out i said this is what we will do this is the plan but to live this out, this is when mom and daddy aren't around. And you can't just make this decision because I told you to. Do you want to do this? And oh my gosh, it took everything. I just so want you're going to do this, boy? You are. Say, yes, sir. Say, I'm on board, daddy. And you know what? It took him days of deliberation to make his mind up. That was gut wrenching days for me. I was like, son, this is an easy decision. Why are you even thinking about this? This is creeping me out (laughs) that you're even thinking. This is easy. What are you doing? He came to the right decision, bless God. And it was of his own accord and with his own convictions and his own reasons that just made me cry because stuff I didn't even think about him taking into consideration that he did and it was just awesome but man i tell you what it was so painful and so vulnerable feeling while putting the decision in his court because it was his decision mom and daddy couldn't live that decision out it's going to be his and he's going to have to be the one to live it out so he has to be the one to make it you know and uh bless god that said but god loves us that much he gives us Room to choose. We are choosers. Joshua 24, 4, 15 says, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself. We all choose for ourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your forefathers serve beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the lord it is a personal decision it is a personal decision see the the daddy was always as much of a father as the son wanted he was always as much of a father as the son wanted the son he wasn't the son wasn't drawing on him wanting him to be more of a daddy than that daddy was willing to be and us with the god is only going to be as much of a father to us as we draw in and we want out of him As we allow him to be he doesn't force it, but we got to step in there Then the next thing we see is that the father was good We see this in verse 17 and verse 20 verse 22 and verse 31 First one is when this the young guy comes to his senses when he starts thinking clearly man He was making some bonehead decisions before and finally there, Desiring to eat pig slop all of a sudden, his mind, woo, it all came clear. He started thinking clearly. He came to his senses. And the first thoughts when he comes to his senses are how good his daddy is. And how good his daddy is, that he's a good master. He takes care of his servants. When he began to think clearly, he saw and was flooded with the thoughts of his father's goodness see the way you the way you perceive things the way you look man it just so determines different things and, and a lot of times when we've made mistakes we think well, if we don't have the right concept of dad then we're we're not going to want to run to him and so my 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 father helped set in me what how how daddies deal when their kids make mistakes and I've always liked building things and I uh, had a little we had a tree on the side of the house and I was building a little fort before I even got the fort done I wanted an elevator in my for my tree house I wanted an elevator so I got a old uh, gate so I had my my platform and I had some pulleys and some rope and i made myself an elevator so got it all rigged up in the top and you could sit there on the gate had it come up from the four corners and come to a center place and you'd be able to sit there and and pull well the problem was is my my elevator was tethered by one rope and had no supports on the corners and we were right on the side of the house right next to my bedroom and so as i'm just feverishly working my elevator and so because when you've got a pulley system you got to pull a lot to move a little and uh and so i'm still i'm pulling pulling and just working while i get my elevator to rocking and it, whoosh, i bust the window on our house well, Ooh, you know nobody wants to nobody wants to bust the window you know, the last thing in the world a daddy that's trying to provide for his family wants to do is spend unnecessary money. Wants to fix something that was perfectly fine just a little bit ago. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so no dad wants to do that. So you know, I share with my mom what she what's done, and she's you know she's you know thinking of the you know that my dad's not going to want to pay for this, or so she's not very excited about it. Well, so we come, my dad gets off work and comes home. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm going to get a whooping, <laughs> all this. And and uh, my mom shares with my dad. She runs intermediary for me. And, uh, and so my, my mom's the negotiator. And she goes and tells my dad. And my dad, he didn't even blink at the bus. He built an elevator? <laughs> That's awesome. So my mom had already had me disassemble it. It was already gone by the time daddy. He built an elevator. That's great. You know that with with that Dad, with daddy's hearts. You know it's okay for us to mess up as we're moving forward. We're not going to be perfect children of God. You know people think that if I'm going to come to God, then I've got to toe the line perfect. My goodness, why would any of us come to God? That's why God sent Jesus. Man, to deal with our sin issue, to deal with all that kind of stuff. And we can courageously pursue living for God. And if we trip while we're moving forward, God's like, woo! Just like with a little baby. baby takes five steps and falls. The, you know The parents boo. Boo. <laughs> Call that walking. <laughs> Come on, child. You're embarrassing the family. No. What does everybody Everybody claps. Everybody stands just quiet a little bit. And then when they fall, they clap. The kid would think, falling's it. <laughs> Woo, it's all about the falling. You know, if it didn't hurt so bad, they'd just be, I'm going to get some more of this reward clapping. <laughs> and just i'm just gonna slap myself on the ground here Why? because we're we just it's just exciting to see him try and to move forward that's what god is simply requiring of us is to get up every morning and just to move forward with him and if we trip as we go he forgives us like yes you were trying let's not do that again get up and let's let's go that direction with it man he is a good father he so just wants to be with his children. See, I want to repeat it again. We we quoted uh, Tozer last week. A. W. Tozer who said, "But what we think about God, is the most important thing about us. How we see God is going to determine how we interact with God." how we see him is going to determine how and we have to understand that he is a good father that he is a good father see he was not just just to his children but he was he was good to his servants as well man that that was what he, this the prodigal he didn't he didn't base his desire to return based on how he had lived even as a son he's like man the 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 worst The lowest end of the people that interact with my dad are blessed. If I could just be that, if I could just be the least, then, man, that would be great. See, Psalms 84.10 says, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than the dwell in the tents of the wicked. I would rather just hold the door. In God's house, I would rather be a servant because it is so blessed in that place. He is a good, good father. Philippians 2.13 says, It is for God who works in us to will and to act in his good purpose. God's purposes are good. He is pursuing us. The next thing we see is that the father was ready He was ready for us when we return Our steps towards God are met with God's steps towards us See now you have to understand in that in that day Then all of these Jewish men they all wore these long robes Okay, they all wore these these flowing robes and for somebody for a man to run Then he had to grab his robes and pull them up at that point showing his shins and his ankles exposing his skin and that was incredibly humiliating and so these these guys these these jewish men they these nobility they did not run they did not run anywhere they kept their robes down and they walked they did they had people run for them that was an incredibly Humiliating thing But when he saw His son He didn't care how undignified He had to be He didn't care How undignified and how humiliated He had to make himself See Jesus when Jesus left the glory of being God's son To come And to humble himself To come after us G- Through Jesus God Ran to meet us where we were at he that man that daddy pulled up his robes and ran out there to meet him that is a sight i'm sure that 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 son had never seen he'd probably never seen his daddy run ever and there he is not expecting not expecting to receive any any anything from him but maybe get hired on as a servant and here he is, his daddy humiliating himself in love, pursuing his son. He was ready. He was so ready. This week uh Cutie um and the kids were out running some errands and we're gonna be we're gonna be gone to camp this week and our, our three youngest are gonna be away from us at their grandparents for a week. And you have to remember we've you know, we did has spent tons and tons of time together we spent all of 2008 shoved in a few hundred square feet in a motorhome and in a house in the back of our friends and uh uh, we've been a tight family for a while and we're you know have to be away for for camp for a little while so um you know we just have found some little time to try to be together lulu was up here crying dear and praise and worship and because she's we're leaving today and i mean it's just tough and uh so Carson wanted to go, wanted to go with his mama to run some errands, and Cutie brings him up to the office. And man, and I always tell, tell him when he does—he's in his play clothes. like, man, you look like a hobo. Man, you—you you know what's the what's the deal? And that's just our term for not looking appropriate, man. You look like a hobo. And uh, so he's up there at the the office, and he has pants that are having to be cinched on him. He's got his big brothers. <laughs> weston's pants on he has to have a belt and they're way too big the knee is ripped out he's got this t-shirt that he's chewed on the collar and it's all done and he has chocolate ice cream all down the front of it i mean he just looks like some kid nobody loves like doesn't anybody care about this kid and uh um you know look like he you know he put his own clothes on that day he you know, he had been fending for himself a little bit and looked like it. And, uh, you know, and so as I asked Cutie, I was like, you know, babe, what are you doing taking him running errands? I mean, he, he, that looks terrible. And she said, well, he wanted to go, and he, and that's the way he looked, and I just wanted to be with him. And, you know, Cutie was all dressed up. She looked great, and she's dragging around. It looked like she, somebody had said, do you need help? You know, is that a lost child? You know, are you looking for, you looking for somewhere to drop him off? Um, but that's and that's God's heart, you know. We a lot of times we think we gotta get all cleaned up to spend any time with God, and God just, he just wants to spend time with us. You know, come as you are. See, that's why I'm so excited about us shifting to Tinseltown because I really believe that is our step to meet people halfway. Man, there are a lot of people that it's, it takes every bit of courage just for them to start their car and head to church. You know, sometimes a building, as beautiful and as wonderful as they are, can be intimidating to try to walk up the steps and, and know. I mean, we're in West Texas. People that aren't or that are aren't serving God know it. It's not like it's on some other parts of the planet where they just don't even know that, you know, don't even give two, two thoughts about God. You know, in the Bible Belt, people that are away from God know it. And when they decide that they're going to come back to God, man, it can be intimidating. Sometimes it takes all the courage they've got just to show up, you know. And so I'm excited about Tinseltown because that's a, hopefully a non-threatening place. People show up, they go to the movies, they go to the relax. They don't feel like they're showing up to the house of God and it's some scary deal. And we're going to run out there and we're going to meet them halfway. That I'm so excited about our move towards that. We want to we want to meet people where they're at. James four eight a says, "Come near to God, and He will come near to you." Psalm seventy three twenty eight says, "But as for me, it is good to be near God." I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge. I will tell of all Your deeds, Lord. Second Corinthians six two says, "For." For he says, in an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Man, God, God loves and he's just ready to accept us now. Let's go. We're under a time of grace, of Jesus, and God's desire to meet us where we're at and to move us forward in him. The father was a forgiving father. I love it that he never brings up his mistakes. He never says, where'd all the money go? You know, what'd you do? Did you not know you were causing me heartache? He never brings up. He never brings it up. The brother brings it up, but the daddy never brings it up. So many times people are afraid to come to God because they're afraid to ha- they're going to have to hash through every little thing they've done okay I've, I've got to go over all of this to get to square one. no God is just excited we're back man that stuffs under the blood of Christ it's gone let it go and let's move forward from here. Let's move forward from here. God is forgiving them bring up the mistakes. All he's so excited about is that what was lost is now found. That's what he's pumped about, that's what he's excited about. See, we have to understand that God places a worth on us that maybe we don't, maybe nobody else does. We're going to get to go uh tonight and visit uh uh Terry Sparks. He's a pastor here in town that I that I uh in fact, you know, when we had our first son, we were living in their house with them and uh, that's where Keenan what got brought home to was pastor terry and sandy's house and uh, we're going to get to go and stay with them tonight on on our way to camp anyways but he would tell a story of that uh happened in a heb parking lot here back in the mid-90s and uh that was back when the the car alarm companies decided that they were going to try something that obviously didn't catch on it was cool for a little bit but these talking car alarms y'all remember those anybody remember those man you know you get too close to it and it senses it and tells you to step back you know and has that you know big deep voice and And then it just made you mad that's why i think they took away because then you just like stupid car ain't telling me what to do i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna touch it i'm gonna you know rub on it and i'm gonna get right here yeah i'm gonna get right in your space it didn't just provoke people it didn't keep them away That's why they're not around anymore. But anyways, so that was a new hot deal. And anyways, and so and then when they went off, then they would start talking. And so uh Pastor John and Pastor Terry had gone to H E B and they get out of their car and they hear this this car alarm screaming, I have been tampered with. I have been tampered with It's bad grammar, but it was saying it anyways. I have been tampered with. And so you know and so you know these are expensive alarms at that time and so you know terry said you know he him and him and john were looking for some lexus or corvette or some you know high-end vehicle that had paid the money to have this car alarm put on it said they're you know panning and getting closer and closer and he said they finally said you know when he saw it terry just busted up laughing and he said there was this beat up hunk of junk there was parked there screaming, "I have been tempered with. I have been tempered with." And he said, "Who on, the car alarm costs more than than that car is worth? You know." And he said, "But then it dawned on him that the value was value of that car isn't set by Terry or John. It's set by the one who owns it." And he thought that it was that car was worth protecting. Maybe that car was. An heirloom passed down from his grandfather, and nobody else cared about. But boy, he did not want that car messed with. Who knows the backstory? Maybe the guy couldn't just wanted something cool. I can't afford a cool car. I'm gonna have a cool arm. Who knows what the reason was? But he valued it enough. God values us so much that He sent Heaven's best. When He gave us Jesus, He gave us everything. Says He gave us everything that pertains to life and to godliness when we are in christ god doesn't see our sin man he bought that best robe he put it on a stinky old guy he didn't have him wash up before he began treating him like a son i'm telling you all under that best robe of the house was a guy that needed a bath on those sandals those sandals were on some dirty callous nasty feet that ring was on a dirty hand. But he God did not require. He didn't say, Oh, you got to get all this. No, you're a son. You know what? And I guarantee being a son it ain't long before he took a bath. It wasn't long before he was cleaned up. But God started the father started treating him like a son right from the beginning. It wouldn't say well, if you're going to be a son of mine, you'll be back in my house, you're going to have to take a bath. You can't come to our dinner table smelling like that. Uh Uh-uh. It was, I'm just so glad you're here. God loves us so, so incredibly much. Psalms 103.12, it says, As far as the east is from the west, so far as the Father removed our transgressions from us. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died. Ephesians 1 7 in him We have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace See God pours out his love and acceptance on us Even while we still stink of our mistakes Even while there's still the the dirt residue of, of us the process of us coming back to him He still had the road dust no, you're my son. This is how sons are treated. Bless God. God is a good father. And he's shown us how to be good fathers. God is an awesome daddy, and he is as much of a father to us as we will allow him to be. You know, I hope everybody gets to gets to, you know, wish somebody a happy Father's Day. I hope that this is a wonderful time for for earthly fathers, but ultimately Ultimately, this needs to be about our Heavenly Father. You know And I just want to challenge us all today to make sure that we are, in, we are engaged with allowing him to be daddy to us. To be our Papa God. And that's what he wants. He sent his son and sowed sons into this earth to reap a harvest of sons. Not servants, not slaves. Sons. We get to serve him, we get to work with him, but we're sons. So i would just right quick. If everybody could bow your head and close your eyes.